Kingsport Sovereign Grace Church, located at 2709 Rock Springs Road in Kingsport, Tennessee, would like to invite you to listen to a message of Sovereign Grace by their pastor, Gabe Stoniker. For information and service times, visit www.ksgc.church. And now, Gabe Stoniker. Our message today will come from Psalm 121. If you would like to read along with me, Psalm 121. And I'm sure you feel the same way, but I love the Psalms. I love the Psalms so much. They bless me in a special way. They truly speak to my heart. I I relate to them. I relate to what the Lord caused David to say. He was just so honest and so raw with what was going on in his heart, which, as we read, was usually despair. Usually that's what was going on in David's heart as he wrote the Psalms. Despair, fear, sorrow, pain, Don't we see that as we read what the Lord inspired David to write? So often he was in a position of need. He he just needed, he deeply needed. So often he was crying, physically crying. He constantly talked about his tears night and day. He constantly talked about how overwhelmed he was. That feeling of just being overwhelmed. You know that feeling. I know that feeling. He talked about how he felt like he was constantly on the verge of not making it. Tough place. Some bad places. He was so open about his weakness and his sins. He was so open about his sins. He constantly cried, Lord, I'm a sinner who needs mercy Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Don't we read that as we read the writings of David? For that reason, all of God's people can relate to David. All who have been caused to be honest about what goes on inside. Many tried to hide it. Many tried to to impress others falsely. But to those who are honest, they, they truly relate to David. Very much. And the message today is for those particular people. This message is for God's people. This message is for those who are true believers. When they read the word concerning what God has to say about himself, what God has to say about Christ, what God has to say about his finished work, what God has to say about man, his sinfulness, his insufficiency. Those who have been caused to believe God's word, that's who this message is to. This is to believers. I believe one of the reasons why we are constantly turning back to the Psalms is because David constantly pointed us to his help. Those who are truly clinging to this word David pointed us to the one who helped him through it all and carried him through it all. And every time we see David's help, we see our own. 
God's people see their own. And it's because we have the same help. We have the same help David had. So look with me at Psalm 121. Verse 1 says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. My help cometh from the Lord. I lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Oh, the peace that there is in remembering that. The comfort in being reminded of that. Lift up your eyes to the Lord. Lift up your eyes to the Lord. Behold the Lamb of God. That's what John the Baptist cried. Look to the Lamb of God. The song says, if you from sin are longing to be free, are you a sinner like David is a sinner and like I'm a sinner? If you from sin are longing to be free, look to the Lamb of God. Don't look to yourself. Don't look to your ability. Look to the Lamb of God. You cast your eyes on the Lamb of God. You cast your heart. You cast your all on the Lamb of God. That song goes on to say, When Satan tempts and doubts and fears assail, look to the Lamb of God. When you are weary and the way seems long, look to the Lamb of God. Fear not when shadows on your pathway fall. In joy or sorrow, Christ is all in all. Just look to the Lamb of God. Look to the Lamb of God, for He alone is able to save you from all of these things. Look to the Lamb of God. Verse 1 says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. I will lift up mine eyes. Eyes. By that, he means the eyes of his heart. That's what he's talking about. The eyes of faith that the Spirit of God has given to him. The eyes of faith. The eyes of his hope. The eyes of his plea. The eyes of his cry. The cry of his heart. No matter where his physical eyes are looking, that's irrelevant. He's talking about the eyes of every fiber of of the being of his soul, the eyes of his soul. I want to show you a perfect example of this. I honestly don't know if I could find a better example in the scripture of what it is to lift up our spiritual eyes unto the Lord, unto the hills and unto the, to the Lord. It's in Luke chapter 18. If you'd like to turn there with me, Luke 18 verse 10 says, Two men went up into the temple to pray. This is a parable that the Lord gave. And he said, Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. A publican basically was a member of the mafia, a horrible sinner, a terrible man. Uh, just like the mafia, he extorted people and he did horrible things. And our Lord said, two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee, a goody-two-shoes religious man, and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, 
extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this public. And I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven. He stood way away. He didn't come right down to the front and, and proudly lift his face up toward the sky. He stood afar off and would not lift up so much as his eyes to heaven. His eyes were cast down. His head was bowed down. He was a humbled man. And the reason is because... God gave him the ability and God gave him the humility to lift up his eyes unto the hills. He wouldn't lift up his eyes unto heaven because he was lifting up his eyes unto the hills. His eyes of faith, his heart, his plea, his cry to the Lord. Even though his sorrow and his shame and his sin would not allow him to lift up his eyes physically toward heaven. Even though all he could do is physically look down, God gave him that ability to lift up the eyes of his soul to Christ from whence came his help. And verse 13 says, The publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. That's what it is to lift up our eyes unto the hills from whence cometh our help. Our help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. In verse 14, our Lord said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. That one who was just so humbled, so humbled, was justified so abased, was justified. Every man or woman, every sinner who lifts up the eyes of his or her heart to Christ for help will find it. Every one. Every single person who lifts up the eyes of the soul to Christ for help will find it. Every one. This message is to those who believe God's word. Everyone, our Lord said, everyone that exalts himself shall be abased and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Everyone. Now, why is that? Why is it that every single soul that lifts up the eyes of faith to Christ for help will find it? Why is that? Here's the reason why. If you want to read it with me in Hebrews chapter 4, it says in Hebrews 4, verse 15, We have not an high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. It's because we have a high priest who knows our frame. When we come to him so low and so broken and so humbled, and so distressed. We have a high priest who knows our frame. When we come to him in that way, he knows that frame that we're coming in. He touched himself with the feeling of our infirmities. When we come in all of those infirmities, the, the infirmities of all of his chosen people, he touched himself with them. 
He bore them. He carried them. He felt them. In, our, in the Garden of Gethsemane, as our Lord was just pained and bowed down, and as He sorrowed unto death, He was bearing the sin and feeling it. He felt the guilt. He felt the shame. He felt it. He endured it. He was judged in it. He knows what it feels like to be judged by God Almighty in that sin. He knows what it feels like to be condemned in that sin. Can you imagine that? He knows something that His people don't know. We were not condemned in our sin. Christ was. He knows what it feels like to be sentenced and to be punished by God Almighty in that sin. He knows the feeling of our infirmity. But listen to this. See if this doesn't bless your heart. He knows what it feels like to victoriously conquer all of that sin and to put all of that sin away and to rise up in glory and in victory. Everything in this world that brings grief to God's people because of our sin, Christ has already dealt with it and He's already put it away. That's good, isn't it? Verse 15 right here says, We have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He didn't commit it, but he laid hold of it and brought it to himself. Verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly. Let, let us now come in confidence. Let us come in assurance. Boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We can come to Him believing in our hearts. He will not cast us out. He will not judge us in our sin because He was judged in our sin. He will receive us. That's the reason why. That's why every soul who lifts up the eyes to Christ to find mercy and grace to help in time of need will find it. That right there is the reason why. It's because Christ, our high priest, touched himself with everything that has touched us, everything that has brought us low, everything that has humbled us, everything. He touched himself with it. And he knows exactly where we are. And he knows exactly what we need to comfort us through that moment. Now, back in Psalm 121, back here in our text, it says in verse 1, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. David said, just look at who it is I'm looking to. You want to find comfort? You want to find encouragement? Just look at who it is we're looking to. David said, I'm looking to the very one who made heaven and earth. I'm looking to the all-powerful one. I'm looking to the one who says it, and it's so. It's done. If he wills for it to be, it is. I'm looking to the one who is able. David said, I'm looking to the one who's able to do something about it. 
able to help me. My help cometh from the Lord. Jehovah, God Almighty. God our Savior, God with us. Salvation is of the Lord. And everything else is of the Lord. And the same Lord, the Lord God, who made heaven and earth and me and everything else, that's the Lord I'm looking to for my help. Now let me ask us a question. Who is the Lord God who made heaven and earth and everything else? John chapter 1 says it's the Lord Jesus Christ. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. Colossians 1 says He's before all things. By Him all things consist because He's the one who created it. It's all by Him. It's all for Him. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord our God. Verse 3 says, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He will not suffer thy foot to slip. He will not suffer thy foot to fall. If the foot stays, the whole body stays. The whole person stays. I know that you've gone somewhere, you've stepped somewhere, and you've thought in your mind, I hope my foot doesn't slip. I know you've been hiking on a trail or something. You come down a steep path and there's gravel there or stepping on some icy areas or something like that. And you think in your mind, because I think it too, I hope my foot doesn't slip. If my foot slips, my whole body goes down. Well, stayed upon Jehovah. Stayed upon the Lord, the Lord God. The Lord Jesus Christ, nobody falls. That's true. And that's good news. That's wonderful news. Standing on Jehovah, nobody falls. Psalm 130, the next page over in my Bible, Psalm 130, verse 3 says, If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? If you, if you were to judge us in one sin, if you were to cause us to have to stand on one of our own sins, who could stand? All of us would fall. None of us would endure the judgment. None of us. If you marked my sins and judged me in my sins, I'd never stand. I'd fall. But in Christ, in the blood of Christ, on the rock of Christ, nobody falls. Nobody falls from Christ. Nobody falls away from Christ. If Christ is the one who set you there, nobody falls from the gospel. If Christ is the one who gave you ears to hear it and gave you a heart to believe it and gave you eyes to see it, nobody falls from the blood. If Christ is the one who covered you in it, nobody falls from the eternal kingdom. You say, people say, now you better watch out. You're going to lose your salvation. That's not true. Not if Christ saved you. That's not true. Psalm 130 right here, verse 4 says, but there's forgiveness with thee. Verse 3 said, if thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? Verse 4 says, but there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared and reverenced and glorified and praised. Verse 5, he said, I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. He said, I'm a believer. He's caused me to be a believer. I don't take pride in it. 
That's the grace of God to me, that He would give me faith and cause me to believe it. Verse 6, He said, My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with Him is plenteous redemption in the blood that He shed. Verse 8 says, And He shall redeem Israel from all of His iniquities. His people. He shall. He shall. That's why He said in verse 1 right here of Psalm 130, Out of the depths have I cried unto thee. That's why I'm crying to you, Lord. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Please hear me. I'm crying unto you. Back in Psalm 121, verse 3 says, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Slumber means become drowsy. That's the definition of the word. He that keepeth thee will not become drowsy. He that keepeth thee will never go to sleep. Never. His watchful eye, his watchful care will never leave you. Never leave you. Listen to this and see if this is a, a comfort to your heart, okay? If you belong to him, if I belong to him, if we are one of his own, if God the Father chose us and gave us to him, he will never take his eye off of you or me. He'll never take his eye off of us. Never. He will never take his eye off of you. Psalm 127 says, Except the Lord build the house, verse 1. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Men try to build their own salvation, their own spiritual house. You know, they're going to build their own mansion next to Jesus and things like that. It's all in vain. Except the Lord build the house, men and women labor in vain. There's no salvation if God doesn't build the house. It goes on to say, Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. If God doesn't keep us, we're not going to be kept. Verse 2 said, It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. He gives his beloved sleep. That means rest. You know what will cause a man or a woman to just fall right to sleep when you lay your head down at night? You know what will cause you to fall right to sleep? It's knowing that everything's okay. Knowing that everything's okay. When you think everything is not okay, you can't sleep. You can't rest. But every soul who truly lifts up his eyes to the hills in concern for his or her sin, the putting away of sin, every one of those souls will hear from the Lord through the word to the heart. Everything's okay. It's good news. Everything's okay. In Christ, everything's okay. If you're sitting there saying, but what about my sin? I believe his word. I'm looking to him, but what about my sin? Just listen. In Christ, everything's okay. 
Christ took care of it. He took all of that into Himself. He bore that sin in His body on the tree. He dealt with it. He judged it. He punished it. He covered it. And he put it away. And in Christ, everything's okay. He gives His beloved sleep, rest. They hear that good news. It's all taken care of. They're all put away. Back in Psalm 121, verse 5 says, The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The Lord is thy keeper. That means if God the Father gave you to Christ, He has the charge of you. He's your guard. He is your protector. You're being kept by the power of God. He said in John 17, Those that thou gavest me, Father, I have kept, and none of them is lost. The Lord is your keeper. Verse 5 says, The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. That means He is your relief. He is your covering. Over in Psalm 91, verse 1 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. He'll cover you. He will cover you. That's where God's people want to be, covered by him, safely tucked up under the covering of his right arm, holy arm, right hand. Back in Psalm 121, verse 6 says, The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. No judgment shall come to you. If you're looking to Christ, if all your hope is in, is in Christ, you may endure fiery trials on this earth, but no fiery judgments in eternity. Nothing will smite thee. Smite means slay, kill. Christ has already endured eternal death and no eternal death will come to you not in him verse 7 says the lord shall preserve thee from all evil he shall preserve thy soul all of your being the new man made in the image of christ will totally be preserved now that old man died in christ on the cross the soul of the new man created in that child of God, which is Christ in that child of God, no evil will touch it. No sin will touch that new man. No decay, no corruption will touch that new man. Verse 7 says, The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. He'll preserve all your days, all your ways, from the going out of this world to the coming in of the next. From the leaving of this world to the entering of his kingdom, the Lord shall be with you and shall protect you. I pray that that's a blessing to us. May the Lord cause us to totally look to Christ for his help. You have been listening to a message by Gabe Stoniker, pastor of Kingsport Sovereign Grace Church in Kingsport, Tennessee. If you would like a copy of this message or to hear other messages of Sovereign Grace, you can call or write to the number and address on your screen or visit 
www.ksgc.church. Tune in at this same time next week for another message of God's free and sovereign grace. Thank you.